0: Red Arms. Give it your all. We we'll will deploy the one to the corps. Roy just got a load of Roy. So the, and and the dice, dice of until with one and to what shall I do? Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Tales of Red Arms. I'm your host Justin. And we're jumping into chapter 16, Hunters 3. And just for a quick flashback um, Nynaeve and Egwene were almost killed by a crossbow bolt meant to puncture armor and they found a gray man but the gray man was being held by the one power that Nynaeve used but had a dagger sticking out of its chest and then Shiryam found them they did their little spiel thing Egwene went back found that the crossbow bolt had been taken and pretty much they have no proof or evidence at this point, except that Sherryam said she would talk to the Amralin and they were not to talk to anybody except for the Amralin. And only if she asks that kind of thing. Um, and now they ended up in at the beginning of chapter 16, we're in Nynaeve's room. And since the uh, accepted have larger rooms than novices, um, they have actual beds, not just ones popped into the wall. There's several armchairs sort of a stool. They got a wardrobe furnishings. I don't know what they need a wardrobe for considering it's all the same thing all the time. It's not like, Hey, it's spirit Friday or whatever at school, go wear whatever you want. No, no, you're always wearing accepted clothing. So I don't really understand that, but okay. But going and to enter and they realize the room's not empty and you think, Oh, they're just been attacked. Something must be going on. It's like, uh, well, it's a lane in front of the fireplace and uh, two tall young men that are sprawling in the chairs all arms and legs Um, one with his dark green coat undone to show a snowy shirt shared elaine's blue eyes and red gold hair and his grinning face marked him plainly as her brother the other nynaeve's age with his gray gray coat neatly buttoned was slender and dark of hair and eye he rose all sure confidence and lively muscled grace when. Egwene and Nynaeve came in. He was, Egwene thought, not for the first time, the most handsome man she had ever seen. His name was Galad. So, these two men that are in here with Elaine is Galad, the tall, dark, handsome one, and Gawin, the blue-eyed, red-gold hair, obviously Elaine's like practically direct brother, Um, even though Galad is Gawain and Elaine's half-brother, because they share the same father. Um, and so that'll become good information later on, so (laughs) keep that tucked away for later. Um, but yeah, so Galad sees a Gawain and says, it's good to see you, takes her hand. He's like, I've worried much over you. We have worried much. And he is like an absolute knockout for the ladies. Like he's a lady killer to the nth degree without even realizing it. Like he just is polite. He's kind. He's all these types of things, but he's also got some other potential downsides according to Elaine. And we'll see those later on in this chapter, but he's the kind of guy who makes any woman's heart at least flutter at the very minimum. Um, cause he's just, he's absolutely beautiful. He's, he's the guy who's makes Fabio look like a plain drab orc, you know, he's that guy, but, um, <laughs> she says, thank you, thank you, Galad, and takes her hand before she could feel that her pulse just like picks up and she thinks, you know, light, but he's beautiful. But, like I said, it just happens. And she smooths her dress to kind of like draw attention away from her blushing face. And she wishes that he saw her in silk instead of just plain white wool. Maybe even one of those, and I love this, Damani dresses that Min had told her of. The ones that clung and seemed so thin, you thought they must be transparent, even though they were not. So the Damani um, from Arad demon, have a very unique culture. It's a very unique place. It's very Middle Eastern. Terabon and uh, Aradamon have kind of like Middle Easternish India-type uh, cultures. I'm pretty sure Terabon's India and Aradamon's like Middle Eastern. But essentially, the Damani are known for their female merchants. And they get really good deals because they wear very either tight or curvaceous type clothes and they typically rob male merchants blind because they're paying attention to their bodies and making deals and that they're not really thinking with their heads on their shoulders, if you know what I'm saying. And um, <laughs> that's that's how they do things. So typically in a the women are the merchants, although there are a few men merchants, but mostly women, which adds a different degree of culture to it compared to the other cultures. Um, But they do wear these very knowing type uh, dresses and outfits that definitely leave little to the imagination, although you never actually see anything. And the female merchants at least averagely do not... Go beyond just kisses and promises, kind of thing. If you're lucky, if you get kisses in that regard, but they do have the temptress type of thing down pretty flat. Um, but Egwene's gets really flushed from that kind of image, and everyone in the tower, I sty, scullery maids, everyone in between, females, of course. Look at him and just, he's beautiful. He's beautiful. Now, the men, while not necessarily into Galad, can admit that he's a little too handsome for his own good. <laughs> Which I would not want to be in his place, because that means women will never leave you alone for the history of your life. But, um, she's like super, super embarrassed. But then the golden-haired young man, a.k.a. Elaine's brother, Gawain, leans forward and he's like, well, the real question is, where have you guys been? Elaine dodges my questions as she has a pocket full of figs and doesn't want me to have any. It's like, well, she probably doesn't want you to have any. And Elaine's like, I told you, Gawain, it's none of your affair. I came here because I did not want to be alone. I'm telling that to Nynaeve, obviously. And then they saw me and followed and they would not take a no for an answer. And, and he's like, oh, wouldn't they? And Galad's like, but it is our affair, sister. Your safety is very much our affair. And he looks at Egwene, and she obviously has her heart jump in her throat. (laughs) And he continues with, The safety of all of you is very important to me, to us. And Elaine's like, I'm not your sister. (laughs) And Gawain's like, hey, if you want company, we can do as well as any. And after what we went through just to be here, we deserve some explanation of where you've been. I'd rather let Galad thump me all over the practice yard all day than face Mother again for a single minute. I'd rather have Kulin mad at me. And we get a little history on Kulin. Kulin is the master of arms, and he keeps tight discipline among the young men who came to train at the White Tower, whether they aspire to be warders or just to learn from them. And Claude's like, deny the connection if you want to, Elaine, but it's there, and Mother, put your safety in our hands. And Gawain's like, you know, Elaine, she's going to have our hides if anything happens to you, and We really had to talk her out of hauling us back home, and I've never heard of a queen sending her own sons to the headsman, but she sounded like she was about to make the exception if we don't bring you home safely. Which tells you something about the, uh, how do you say, uh, the the matriarchy, I should say, of Andor. (laughs) It's like she's the daughter heir. So I'm going to chop off all these guys heads because, you know, that might be in question. But I don't know. I think it's funny. <clears throat> and Elaine's like, oh, yes, yes. All that talk was for me. None of it was meant to like let you stay here and, you know, be with the warders and train with them. And Gawain's like, oh, she got me. <laughs> and Galad's like, no, really, your safety is our concern. We managed to convince Mother that if you did return here, you would need somebody to look after you. And he's like, look after me. And he's like, hey, hey the White Tower has become a dangerous place. We've had deaths, murders, no explanations. Even some I to die have died. And, you know, even when they try to keep that quiet, we still heard rumors of Black Aja smoking in the tower. And, of course, by Mother's command, when wanted to say for you to leave your training. We are returning you to Camelin. And Elaine just lifts her chin and half turns away from him, like, huh. So Gawain runs his head, his hand through his hair in frustration. He's like, "Oh come on, naive! Like Galad and I are not villains. All we want to do is help. We would do it anyway, but Mother commanded it, so there's no chance of you talking us out of it." And then he was like, "Well, Morgay's commands carry no weight in Tarvalen. It's like, well, maybe not to Tarvalen type people, but they still carry commands. Because if an Andoran goes in there, he's..." bound by her commands because you know the whole she's the queen kind of thing of andor but she's like well at least for your offer for help i'll remember it should we need help you'll be the first to hear of it but for now you need to leave so she points to the door and he just kind of ignores her and he's like well that is very well but mother wants to know that elaine has come back and why she ran off without a word and what she has been doing these months the whole tower is in a turmoil, Elaine, and you know, mother was half crazed with fear. I thought she'd tear the tower down with her bare hands. And Elaine's kind of takes on a look of guilt, and Gawain presses in. He's like, You owe her that much, Elaine. You owe me that much. Burn me. You're being stubborn as stone. You've been gone for forever, and all I know is that you've run afoul of the mistress of novices. And the only reason I know that much is because you've been crying and you won't sit down, <laughs> which. Uh, it's funny, um, but her indignant stare basically tells him that he squanders whatever advantage he might have had for a second. And then he was like, "All right, all right, all right. Both of you, Elaine, owes nothing to you, and since she chooses to tell you nothing, that is that. Now my room, not the common room of an inn, and I want you gone." And Gawain was like, "But Elaine, we only want... Wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> I said Gawain and Galad." And now he's like, um, I doubt you asked permission to enter the accepted quarters. They looked at her surprised. He's like, ah, I thought not. You'll be out of my room, out of my sight before I count to three, or I'll write a note to the master of arms about this. Kulin Gaidin is a little bit stronger arm than Sherry Amsadai, and you may be rest assured I will be there to make sure he makes a proper job of it. And was like, Naineev, you wouldn't. And Glad motions him, he's like, eh. And he gets really close to her face. Even though she's holding her stern expression, but unconsciously smooths the front of her dress as he smiles down at her. Like I said, even though she has eyes for Lan, he's the beautiful guy. Um, And Egwene's not surprised. She doesn't think a woman outside of the Red Aja would not be affected by Galad's smile. And even though even though even the women in the Red Aja might... might... But so, Galad's like, I apologize for forcing ourselves unwanted. We will go, of course. But remember, we are here if you need us. And whatever whatever caused your runway, we can help with that as well. And she just smiles at him and goes, One. And he blinks. And he's like, What? God gets up and goes to the door. And Galad's like, Egwene, especially you, anytime call on me for anything. I hope you know that. And he goes, Two. It's like we'll talk again, and like, the last smile he takes, just kind of an unhurried step towards the door, and, and then he starts going thr, <laughs> like going to say three, and Gawain just darts through the door, and even glad, glad's graceful stride quick and markedly re, and, and as the door bangs shut, but Elaine claps her hands, I'm imagining she jumps up and down, squeals in delight. It's like oh, well done, very well done. I didn't know men were forbidden, in the accept course. and I was like, well, they're not, but they didn't didn't know about it. And he's like, oh, I'd have just let them leave. Glad not made a show of taking his time about it. That young man has too fair a face for his own good. <laughs> and the Quaid laughs. And she she called him that young man, even though he's about a year younger than Nynaeve. And Nynaeve was straightening her dress again. <laughs> and Elaine's like, Glad, it'll bother us again. I don't know whether your trick will work more than once. He does, see, he does what he sees is right, no matter who it hurts, even himself. Now, I theorize this has to do with his father. I don't believe there's anything in the series that explicitly states why he does it. But knowing the father situation in the history of that, it's my personal theory that it was because of his father that he ends up going that route. Stick that away for later, if you want to. That's purely up for you. And, uh... And was like, well, I'll think of something else. And we can't afford having him looking at our shoulders all the time. And, you know, hey, Elaine, if you want, I can make a salve that will soothe you. And she shakes her head and lays down across the bed with her chin in her hands. So, obviously, on her stomach. It's like, well, if Shiryam found, found out... Obviously, have to do another visit to her study, and I don't want to do that at all. But then Egwene's like, oh, you haven't said very much, Egwene. You know, cat got your tongue, or maybe Galad. And Egwene blushes, and she's like, I just simply didn't want to argue with him in a dignified manner as much as she could muster. And Elaine's like, oh, of course. I'll admit that Galad is good-looking, but he's horrid. And then we get a little history lesson. He always does right as he sees it i know that does not sound horrid but it is he has never disobeyed mother not in the smallest thing that i know of he will not tell a lie even a small one or break a rule if he turns you in for breaking one there isn't the slightest spite in it he seems sad you could not live up to his standards if anything well that doesn't change the fact that it will turn you in But Egwene doesn't see it the same way. She's like, well, that sounds uncomfortable, but not horrid. I can't imagine Galad doing anything horrid. And Elaine's like, if you want to pay attention to someone, try Gawain. He's nice enough, at least most of the time, and he's besotted with you. And Egwene's like, "Gawain? he's never looked at me twice. She's like, oh, of course not. The way you stare at Galad until your eyes are ready to look ready to fall out of your face. Egwene starts blessing again. It was like, Gawad saved his life when Gawain was a child, so Gawain will never admit he is interested in a woman that Gawad is interested in. Is in. Is interested in. But I heard him talk about you, and he can never hide things from me. And she's like, well, that's nice to know. Perhaps I can get him to say some of those nice things to me instead of you. And Light's like, well, you could choose green Aja, you know. Green sisters sometimes marry. Gowan truly is besotted, and you would be good for him. Besides, I'd like to have you for a sister. <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's, it's the range. Let's go. And then he was like, well, if you two are finished with your girlish chatter, says the woman who would go love heart eyes after Lan any moment of the day. She's like, we've got important matters to talk about. And Lan's like, yeah, so what did the Amaralyn seat say to you after you left? And Egwene's like, well, I'd rather not talk about it. She did not say anything that was pleasant. And Elaine's like, Psh, Yeah, right. Most people think I get off easier than most because I'm daughter heir. The truth is, if anything, I catch it harder than the rest because I am daughter heir. Neither of you did anything I did not, and the Omelette had harsh words for you. She should have twice as hard for me. Now, what would she say? And he's like, All right, keep it between us three. Black Aja. And I. And like, like, you, she said to leave out of it. And Elaine's like, Black Aja. Can't leave you out Tell telling me this much. I won't be left out. Like, if they refuse to tell you, they refuse to tell you. Like, what are you going to do? I won't be left out. That's spoiled. And he's like, oh, I never meant for you to be. But Egwene just stares at her like, what? What? And he's like, oh, come on, Egwene. If It was it was you and I who Leandrin saw as a threat. It was you and I who were just nearly killed. And Elaine's like, nearly killed? Maybe because we're a bit of a threat and... Perhaps they already know that we were closeted alone with the Ammerlin and even what she told us. But we need someone with us who, you know, do not know about. And if she isn't known to the Ammerlin either, so much the better. I'm not even sure who we can trust the Ammerlin more than we can the Black Aja. But she means to use us for her own ends, and I mean to see she doesn't use us up. Don't you get that? And guy's like, well, yeah, but it's going to be dangerous for you, Elaine, just like it was in Falmo, and probably even more so, and we don't have to be, you don't have to be part of it this way if you don't want to. But Elaine's like, I, I know, but when Andor goes to war, the first prince of the sword commands the army, but the queen rides with them too, albeit not the front lines. 700 years ago, at the Battle of Qualan Den, the Andermen were being routed when Queen Modrelian Rode alone and unarmed, carrying the lion banner into the midst of the tyrant army, the annermen rallied and attacked once more to save her, and won the battle. <laughs> that's so, that's so stupid. <laughs> that's so stupid. Don't ever do that. If you ever, like whether it's in a game or if you ever magically become royalty and you're running on a medieval battlefield or something, don't ever run as the leader of a group because if you run straight into the army of uh, the opposing army, you're going to get captured. And it's going to break the morale of your army. <laughs> Hardcore. You could like, head towards the front lines and rally people as you go, but do not, like, charge completely alone into that. That is the dumbest thing you could do. But the men of Andor attacked once more to save her and won the battle. Yeah, but at the same time, <laughs> that could have ended way worse. That was sheer luck. It's like, that is the kind of courage expected to, of the Queen of Andor. Okay, that's not courage. That is stupidity. There's a massive difference. And any of the ten great captains would agree heavily. Notice that they're never on the front lines. And by the, the ten great captains, I'm referring to like Garth Bryn, um, Lord Agomar. Those are the two I think we've covered so far there are more in the world Oh, i guess pedra nile is also one of them um but out of all of them we've only really met three but there are more we'll come across over time at least two i know of. but uh yeah so she's just like oh well if i haven't learned to control my fear yet i must i i must before i take my mother's place on the lion throne and then her summer mood vanishes into a giggle. She's like, besides, you think I would pass a bit adventure so I could scrub pots? And Nanny's like, well, you're going to do that anyway. And hope everyone thinks that's all you're doing. So, listen carefully. So Elaine, you know, listens and her mouth pops out. And just like, what? And Naineev tells him everything that told them. She, Elaine shivers over the gray man. And reads the document that Amaralyn had given. Naineev with a look of wonder and it's like, well, I wish I could have that when I face mothers next. I'm like, I don't think that would help you. <laughs> and uh, at the time, then he finishes her face is a picture of indignation. He's like, "Why? Well, that's being like told to go in the hills and find lions. Only you don't know whether there are any lions. And if there are, they may be hunting you and they may be disguised as bushes. Oh, and if you find any lions, try not to let them eat you before you can tell where they are. And he's like, well, you can, if you're afraid, you can always stand aside. It'd be too late once you've begun. Elaine's like, of course I'm afraid. I'm not a fool. Well, I don't know. You were just talking about being courageous and rushing the battlefield by yourself into the middle of an army. That's not yours. So you might not be afraid, but you're definitely stupid. Um, (laughs) It's like, but I'm not afraid enough to quit before I even started. I mean, I'll give her that. She does have determination. One of the few redeeming qualities. <laughs> and then he was like, well, something else. I mean, the armorland may mean to let Matt die. And Elaine's like, but I said, I are supposed to heal anyone who asks, why would you let Matt die? I'm like, I'm pretty sure there's no law stating if someone asks you to heal them, you must heal them. I don't think that's how that works. Not to mention most people wouldn't have the, the gall to actually ask. And it like, I can't believe that either. The Amaralyn wouldn't let him die, right? She couldn't let him die. It's like, all the way here, Varen said the Amaralyn would see that he was healed. And Nynaeve's like, uh 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 said the Amaralyn would see to him. That isn't the same thing. And the Amaralyn avoided saying yes or no when I asked her. But maybe he hasn't, she hasn't made her mind up. Elaine's like, but, but why? It's like, well, because the White Tower does what it wants and what it does for its own reasons and I don't know why but whether they help Matt live or let him die depends on what serves their ends none of the three elves say they have to heal them hey hey look at that no rules Matt is just a tool in the Armelin's eyes and so are we and she wants us to hunt the Black Aja but if you break a tool it cannot be fixed you don't weep over it you just get another one and you guys have to remember that and Grin's like what are we going to do about him? what can we do and he's like, ah, let me go to my wardrobe, rummage in the back. She comes out with a little cloth bag of herbs. Like, well, my medicine's in luck. Perhaps I can heal them myself. I'm like, this isn't a natural thing, naive. <laughs> natural herbs don't help unnatural problems. And Elaine's like, well, Varen couldn't. And Moraine and Varen together couldn't. And Moraine had an angreal. And even if you draw that much of the one power, you could bring yourself to a cinder or just still yourself if you're lucky. And if that's, if you can call that luck and he was like, well, they keep saying I have all this potential to be the most powerful last I die in a thousand years, which she does. Um, perhaps it's, you know, time I find out whether or not they're right. She, you know, tugs on her braid classic. um, You know, Nynaeve was a little bit afraid despite her brave words. She's like, well, she won't let Matt die even if it means risking death herself. It's like, they keep saying we're all three so powerful, or at least I will be. Maybe if we all try together, we can divide the flow among us. I'm like, or you do a link and then you don't burn everyone out. There's that too, but you don't know how to do a link because you're only accepted and novices. (laughs) And then he was like, Well, we have never tried working together, and I'm I I don't know how to combine our abilities, and trying could be almost as dangerous as drawing too much of the power. And i was like, well, if we're gonna do it, let's do it. The longer we talk, the more frightened I'm gonna become. And Matt's in the guest rooms, but I'm not sure which one, but Sherryam told me that much. But as soon as she says something that, like something, aka Sheryam said that much, the door blasts open and an Isadai enters as if it was her own room, and they were the interlopers, the trespassers. And Egwene curtsies deep to hide the dismay on her face. Dun, dun, da! Cliffhangers! Yay! So that's the end of the chapter. Fairly short, but I think we got a little bit out of it. A um, little bit of history about Coolin, about Galad and Gawain, some descriptions um the ploys that it seems the characters have caught on that the reader already knows about so yeah there's some good information let's put it that way <laughs> some good information and uh don't don't be stupid like a queen of andor that's that's the other the other part we learned <laughs> that's really stupid <laughs> But yes, that was chapter 16. Oh, man, we're getting there. We're getting there, guys. All right. Well, that was it for the chapter. Let me know if you guys uh, thought that was entertaining or informative, whatever. And I'd love to hear from you guys whatever kind of things you guys thought about it. If there's any histories anything like that that i might have missed or any insight I'd love to hear from you you can reach out to me at uh, my gmail which is tales of a red arm at gmail.com you can also reach on facebook which is just tales of a red arm or on twitter at tales of a red arm and i would love to hear from you guys and whatever thoughts you might have would be interesting to add but yeah thanks everybody for hanging out for this particular episode and i hope you guys will join me for the next one so until then we drink all night and dance all day and on the girls will send up hey eh? and when we're done then we'll await the dance with jack of the shadows we will toss the, we'll the dice dance. however they fall, and snuggle the be they shot, or tall. tall, then follow young Matt wherever <speaking> he calls to with goes dance with Jack of oh. the Shadows. We will we'll toss, toss the, the dice however, however they fall, and snuggle the girls be they shot, or tall, then follow Lord Matt wherever <speaking> he calls to, to dance with Jack of oh. the Shadows. We'll we'll well, we'll give, give a, a yo with a bloody curse, curse and hug the maids it could be worse. Yeah. We'll walk away with the dark ones first. To dance, dance with Jack, Jack, Jack of the shadows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.